God dang it, your hair is long, Rach. That looks good. You should leave it. It looks good like that. Yeah, I love it. That's really good, actually. It looks gorgeous. I love it. Yeah, it really does. Hello, and welcome to Table for Five with no reservations. Take a seat at the table for a fresh, sweet, salty, tart, and pleasantly bitter conversation. Hello, and thank you for taking the seat at the table. This is series 15, where we're taking a look back at some of our former episodes. The episode we will be talking about tonight is from series nine, and it was called Loving the Woman You Are, Not the Woman You Were Supposed to Be. Um, This was actually a great series. I kind of forgot about this series. And then when I started looking back and listening to some of the episodes, if you guys haven't checked out the series, it's our love series from last February. It really does have some great episodes. We did Love Needs No Words, Finding Time for Love. Our storyteller was uh, the beautiful sibling love episode. Um, I love that. And one of my favorite No Reservations, which was Love Behind the Scenes, where we talk about our celebrity crushes and it's just a lot of laughs. So thank you for joining us tonight. We'll kind of be touching upon social media, our inner voices, and just the unrealistic expectations that society has for us as women and moms at the table tonight we have rachel hey everybody tabitha hello jen hi everyone jamie hello and i am kim mcisaac so i don't know does anyone want to start no okay jen i know you took some notes for us so you <laughs> I <was> like quickly <laughs> well i mean i so I just kind of went through and took notes of things that I laughed at or what a difference mm-hmm. this year has been. Uh, one was about my band-aids. Nothing's changed. I'm still looking like Michael Jackson right now. They're all over me. They're still um, not bedazzled though, those band-aids. That's true. Well, and I, I think, Jen, were you still working at the office then? No, I had just transitioned home. Just so for me, home. I was struggling with finding my balance and I've kind of found my groove now. So that's, a, you know, a little bit of a shift for me, which is good because I was struggling with that. Tabitha made a comment about embracing, obviously, who you are, not what you think you're supposed to be, and about for, forget the the fitness contest or something. And I'm like, from the girl now who's skinny, 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 mini. I'm like, you know, looking <laughs> back on that, ripped. That, yeah, right. Yeah, she's <laughs> perfect. So that, I thought that was funny. And then Rachel, you know, you said you don't get a lifeline if you don't look like you are drowning. And I was like. Why do I not remember that? Because that's so powerful. Yeah. That was a pretty powerful statement. Mm-hmm. So that stood out for me. And how you didn't like making eye contact with people. So you'd only want to be around the people that would want to like interact with Seely. I didn't want to make eye contact because I didn't want people to see that I was struggling, worthless. Like I didn't want them to see what I was feeling. Mm-hmm. See the same things that I was feeling, I should say. But yeah, this was a big a big episode for the, the yeah that was a big episode for you and then the whole Pinterest mom thing mm-hmm. yeah, me and then Rachel's like I am the Pinterest mom because you do 120 activities a day so like just laughing about that stuff Jamie's daughter was three so for yeah. me it's like such a shift like it, yeah, it seems absolutely. like it's so much longer than a year and then Kimmy talking about the inner bitch in you not you which I was like I'm not calling you bitch. well you also mentioned how your daughter sleeps she sleeps she's asleep every day at 10 p.m I was like hmm. well, that's <laughs> don't funny. ever say that on this dang podcast. it dang it <laughs> this podcast yeah, really is a mofo when it comes it's a to curse the sleep it's yeah because we, we have a curse we, yeah so all those things about each person I was kind of caught me but Rachel that statement I'm like that is so powerful that is powerful yeah I that also was, Jen I wrote down that you when you said 
when you don't sleep, it affects you in every way. There's so much mm-hmm. truth to that. And I mm-hmm. think that people don't realize it. I don't even think we realize that ourselves sometimes, you know, because it really just affects your patient's level, your mood, just, you know, your anxiety that so much stuff has affected when you are not sleeping. I mean, it affects your personality, really, sometimes, you know, and not in a good way, <laughs> not in a good way. <laughs> no, because it physically breaks down your body. It's exhausting. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, that was my I, little recap. I was yeah. just saying that the other night to my friends that I met up with some friends of mine for dinner. They were talking about a study that says that any person that sleeps less than eight hours of sleep is not a fully functioning human being. I mean, and it was like a 20 year long study, right? I mean, not, none of us really need to hear that. Obviously we know <laughs> that that's the case. They could have studied us and we could have told them that, but what I said to them is like, I was like a couple of weeks ago, I was standing in the kitchen drinking my coffee and I Googled if you could legitimately die from exhaustion. <laughs> so tired. I was like, I just need to know if this can actually kill me or not. Am or die? am I going to make through it, my way through it? Turns out it's very rare people. So you should be okay. I think the side effects of lack of sleep will probably kill you before actual exhaustion, but actually could probably kill somebody else first (laughs) because your car turns into a death machine when you're exhausted and using it. But then I thought about it, thought back to it later. I'm like, what a psycho thing to do. I was so tired. I literally just needed confirmation that I could not die from exhaustion. I do think like you kind of, to a point, adjust to it. Now I'm like, well, if I can just get five hours. If I can get five hours, like I'll be good, you know. Uh, the other thing that just real quick that uh, struck me too was Jamie talked about the activities she was going to put Amelie in, and now she's in them, and you're struggling with what you may have to do with those. So it's just like the difference in the thought of doing it, and now she's in them, and now you're trying to balance that with oh, and therapy, yeah. right? She's a lot of the dieting. We're back to the dieting, so that also affects your mood. <laughs> yeah. So Tabitha, I had. One thing that struck me that you had said was when you had talked about mothering and you had said mothering is like your, the favorite thing in in your life, but it was also the place where you felt the most failure. I mean, I just think that's very like, that just struck me. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah, because it's truth. I mean, my greatest joy in my life is my children Mm -hmm. always will be. And, you know, I'm the most proud of being a mother. And I've also felt the most vulnerable and insecure and sad about trying to navigate it all just as a person, you know, and I think that's pretty common, even in mothers who don't have kids with disabilities. I think it's pretty common to feel like you're not making the right choices. You don't know what you're doing, especially with your first kid. It feels kind of like a whirlwind. And, you know, if you're not used to not sleeping, that's happening for the first time and your mom bunning it up and leggings and, you know, making your way through smelling terrible if <laughs> sometimes, you know, not Jen done, but the rest of us. And when I was listening back, cause I'd been struggling with this a lot since moving back here. Cause I talked a lot in that episode about being a working mom and I am working, but it's a different capacity than I was before. And I have literally felt so much pain associated with leaving my career 
and not having the choices to do what I want to do, especially now that I'm kind of like parenting on my own 50% of the time. And I was thinking the other day I was up, Nora got up at 3am and then we had to do the whole day and get her to school and the kids to school and all this stuff. And I was exhausted and I'm like, how would it be even possible for me to work a day as a lawyer today if I actually had a full-time job? Like that would literally be impossible. And I've had so many people in my old life in Arizona and my new life here. Like the most common question I get is what are you going to do for work? Are you going to get your license there? Are you going to start practicing law? And it makes me angry sometimes because I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't have an option right now to even consider how that would function and work. Yeah. I, I can't even grasp that in my mind, how that would work. And I don't believe I have the capacity at this moment to do what I used to do when I was like hardcore lawyering and doing it well. And that makes me sad sometimes. And it, it hurts me. And it's been on my mind a lot, actually, probably because people ask me every other day, what the hell am I going to do for work? <laughs> Shut up, people. None of your goddamn business. <laughs> well, it's weird the expectations people put on other people. In the way they measure like what they think you're worth, like people associate you with being an attorney and being a lawyer. Tabitha went to law school, she's an attorney. And it's like, but that's not where your worth is. Like that's something you enjoy. That's that was your livelihood in the past. And you're obviously good at it and have a passion for it. But that's just one aspect of your life. Yeah. It's just it's the same thing. It's like for the person only has one child. And people are always like, Oh, when are you gonna have another one? Or like do you know what I'm saying? It's like they people just have these expectations that they put on other people when they don't even really know all the ins and outs of what's going on and you know. Yeah, and it makes me feel pressured. makes me feel like I'm doing something that I shouldn't be doing. Like you're making the wrong choice because people are still asking it. Well, maybe you should ask them if they are willing to babysit. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, and that's the first thing I bring up. I'm like, where are my children going to go? Because there's not options. There's no inclusive daycare in this whole city. Where do you you think I'm going to have my children go? Because I have four pick up and drop off times throughout the day when my kids are in school. Yeah. Is Nora going to drive herself to daycare? Even if you find an inclusive one, she's going to just get in the cozy cool car and screw right. to take care of you were balancing two autistic children and with two parents in one household and two careers, you were pairing back in such a rapid way Yeah, that in an episode really near to this one that we've just flashed back to, I mean, it was like multiple positions in a very short amount of time. I mean, it has just been Mm -hmm. something has to give. And I feel like people do ask those milestone presumptuous questions, but it's like, have you considered everything that that is? You've not lost your ability to be an attorney. You've lost ABA clinics that offer 40 hours. You've lost Mm -hmm. flexibility with all services. You've lost so much, like it's profound. And to assume that you can resume is just bull well and just not you only tell that, the next person who asked you that to call us yeah <laughs> well and I think that goes to like the expectations of what people think you should be and who yeah. you should be because you carry these titles or labels at one time like I think people consider it that why would I go to law school and pass the bar and go through that torture and not practice law I mean, it doesn't make any sense to anyone. 
why I would do that. And it's like, well, my choice at the time I went to law school wasn't also centered around having two children who have disabilities and getting divorced and moving across the country and trying to heal my heart. I mean, like, is it realistic to say that I should go to the recently listed as the most stressful career period? Being an attorney is number one for most stressful career. Should I go and give my energy and also lose myself in that space when I barely have the capacity to function in my daily life right now? Right. I mean, and you're just going to feel like you're failing again. You're going to, because yeah. you're not going to be able to do it to the way that you would want to do it. Yes. I have around. high expectations for myself and I'm not going to put myself in a place where I'm not doing a job that I think I should be doing. It's not fair to me. It's not fair to my clients. It's not fair to my children that I'm giving up my time for, you know, like the, to my, my job that I would give my kid time up for. It's just so crazy to me. And I was thinking a lot about that when I was listening back, because there are these ideas that people put onto us because of the choices that we've made and they keep you in your lane and they keep you thinking that you're failing. And I am doing legal work right now. I don't have a job as an attorney in a firm or for the county, but I am doing legal work at this moment in time. It's so weird to me. I think also people just, that's what they say. Like people just, it's the easiest thing to say because that's what they know. They're taking like, well, Mm -hmm. she did this and this. And I mean, a big thing for me right now, like I've been, I struggle with this a lot in life. And I talked a little bit in the episode about justifying my place in the world or why I'm at where I'm at. And me and my husband have been having some difficulties lately because he's working a lot and he's was recently promoted and he's over a team that's been growing really fast. So he's really busy. And so he always jokes and says, people shouldn't look down at you for being a stay at home mom, because you are the busiest person I freaking know. Like I, I almost am like overcompensating for that. But at the same time, I have to keep reminding myself, especially now that our kids are only young for so long. And I know so many people say that and blah, blah. But like for you, Tabs, this is really going to be a short period in your life when you think about Mm -hmm. it. And who freaking cares if you're not an attorney for five or six years because you're raising human beings to go at the end of the day, that's your most important job here and now. And, you know, and maybe in a few years you can do that or maybe even sooner, who knows, but like in the scheme of things, you'll probably be an attorney longer in your life than you were not. And that's okay. It's just that people just jump to those easy things to say and ask because they're probably too nervous to ask about anything else. Um, It's hard because Tabitha, you're not necessarily getting the choice. That's that's what's really hard and complicated about it because there are plenty of people I'm sure that are attorneys that might decide to stay home when their kids are really little you know what I mean and that's like they're they're choosing to do that because that's what they want to do you're kind of like put in a position where you you don't really have the choice because there's no options for daycare there's no way to juggle it you know you were put in that position so then on top of you already having like your own complicated feelings you're trying to like work through people have to like put their two cents in and like make it even like then you don't even know what you're defending because you don't even know what it is that you want yet. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing. It's like, yeah. And maybe like there's thousands of people who go into professions and realize that it's not for them for that moment in their life. It's like that happens regularly. 
And they're just thinking of themselves because they want to be able to have a free attorney if they need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and it's painful to me. People like this is not an easy exactly thing and never has been an easy thing. Like I was good at my job as a litigator. I was good at representing my clients. I was passionate about it. I liked being in social services. I liked helping people who didn't get help anywhere else. It is painful for me to walk away from that. And I think as women, oftentimes the choice lands on us to pare away our career because of physical requirements of nursing babies, healing from, you know, like C-sections or giving birth. And it's generally we make less money. You know, like it's just easier for the mother in most circumstances. I'm not saying all, but in a lot of circumstances for the mother to set her career on the back burner in order to raise her children. And I think that's a common thing where we find there's not like a a good balance for that. And you feel like either you're not contributing to the home or you're not doing enough and you're doing twice the amount of work because you don't bring home the dollars you know, even though no one sees it, it's just you there doing, doing the work, you know? And I think when I was, I was a full-time lawyer. I had two children with disabilities. I handled all of the services, all of the appointments, all of the getting anything under the sun, filling out 500 question documents, school evaluations, like that's insanity. No wonder I didn't have a piece of myself left. There was nothing left. There was nothing left in that pie for myself. And I think that when I think about the title of this episode, the reason it's hard for us to love who we are is because we are spreading it to everyone else. We're giving it and divvying it out all the other places. And then it makes you feel like you are not doing enough, even though you're doing every goddamn thing. So I don't know. I've, I've been thinking my career has been weighing heavy on my heart, but for the past, probably really heavily for about three months, you know, I get it from all different directions because people are like, do what's right for you, do what's good for now. And then, you know, people are just pressing me about because now it's been seven months that we've been here. Are you going to motion in? Are you going to get your license? Whatever. I'm like, I don't know. Well, Roll the dice. Wanna, Roll do you want to pay for people? Well, if you want to pay, then I'll, then I'll do it just so I have it. I'm doing the best I can over oh here. I'm doing the best I can. Anyway, that was my big rant. <laughs> Enjoy it. That's how my heart feels today. I mean, it really, it really does. And you know, I've cried about it frequently. I have because my a piece of my worth landed there, and a, and also a piece of being proud of That's overcoming. Yeah. My and life. you get that sense of purpose, you know, mm-hmm. like, although yeah. being a mom obviously is a big sense of purpose too. It's, it's just in a different way and helping people. And I think that's, that's a good thing to have sometimes, you know, especially we leave these lives that are just hard. It's challenging. So it's like, you know, sometimes it's like nice to have something that like you could feel good about. Well, I was going to say like an accomplishment, mom. like it's a huge yeah. accomplishment, you know? Yeah. For me, I mean, like, and I've said this numerous times on the This podcast. isn't the Kim Kardashian baby bar, okay? For our <laughs> no. listeners, this is a real deal. No. <laughs> it's a real uh, deal. It is a real deal. And I've said it lots of times on this podcast is that I climbed over a mountain of adversity to even be, to get a bachelor's degree, let alone a juris doctorate, you know? And I think part of me 
automatically feels like a failure because of how much work and how much resilience it took me to get there. But you did it. Also, and I'm not saying this is exactly you, but it's in the world that seemed as a major accomplishment. People just hear that and they're like, holy crap, this lady's awesome. And what we do as moms on the day-to-day is not seen that way. Yeah. And so it's your, you don't feel that way because the rest of the world's not saying that, but you are doing something incredibly hard. Yeah. And what you've done in the past is amazing and you kick ass and not practicing that right now does not negate that. Like you're still yeah, exactly. badass and amazing. And if people can't see past that, then- then them. you're not going to represent them when they need I was going to say that's it gonna... don't call me don't Mention call me it don't again. Get... you are pretty uh-uh. badass don't shoot me the text don't shoot me the text don't about your random legal case you want I'd like to, to just mention one more time we have an attorney at the table exactly <laughs> you'll always be our official advice yeah <laughs> That's well, so right, Rachel. You got your hands full with us, so you are <laughs> yeah. 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 Keeps her busy. Jen, all the updates on every celebrity case out there, so you're busy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got a lot of questions. <laughs> a lot of questions. Yeah. So, Rachel, you talked a lot about our in-adult dialogue, which I think is really important thing for all of us to think about because I don't think we think about that sometimes just listening back it's like it's so true because we it's not even society society is like the outer thing but we ourselves I feel like put all this pressure on ourselves and are just so hard on ourselves more than probably anybody else's I don't think people even realize that they do it I remember I heard it somewhere and I was like, oh, wow. And because they're like, don't listen to that mean girl in there. And I'm like, that's like kind of, it's kind of funny, but it's like also very true. I just today got an order from our friend Bree from her business called Beyond Words Craft Company. It's this little sticker right there underneath the Mr. Rogers one. Mr. Rogers says it's you I like, by the way, that's the sticker there. But the one I just bought from Bree says your anxiety is a lying ass. And uh, it made me smile because it's like a brain and then like this whole floral situation, you know, it's like, it's very cute. But, you know, as I was listening to tabs, I'm like, oh man, I cannot imagine all of the people weighing in on my show all the time because you've just crossed this, you know, time stamped milestone kind of thing where you're restarting. But then I was like, I'm left all alone. Like, at least if the world was judging, I could fight those assholes. I'm left fighting me. I'm like, oh man. In the last episode, I talked, as Kim said, like I was talking about my internal dialogue and I thought it was so sweet that all of you guys were like, yeah, you wouldn't let me pull that. Because exactly. I, I mm-hmm. often say to you guys, like Tabitha Cabrera, be nice to yourself. This is my friend you're discussing and she's just crossed over all these different hurdles, you know? And to myself, I'm like, God, you are worthless. You aren't a good family member. You aren't enough wife. You aren't enough mom. You aren't enough, aren't enough. You should have, you should have, you could have. You should do this faster. Like all of these things. And I have like lots of tracks I can play. Like it's not (laughs) one repetitive situation, but it all boils down to just like this lack of grace for myself and this like, man, it's so much energy. So in the last episode, I explained that that week I had to reach out to my dad because I was struggling with suicidal ideation. We are now in the fifth review and our Tabitha, I think that was number four, wasn't it? The 
mental health series, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or reboot. So we've just discussed that I'm struggling. I have been struggling. It was kind of a slap in my face that this is not just a past issue, but rather, oh, look, I was dealing with this on that episode too. (laughs) I don't know. I'm working on supporting myself still. I'm learning that. As I said, in the mental health episode, I try and paradigm shift or like do the opposite thing. Like I've got lots of coping skills I'm working on, but essentially I'm trying to tell myself that I'm proud of who I am. I'm proud of the momming that I do. I'm proud that we glitter so hard. I'm proud that even though Celie Flanagan is a different kid when she's at Chris Lindsay's house and they have such glorious times and accomplishments together, that doesn't make me less a mom Mm -hmm. because we aren't having that same kid at all. I need to like shift often, every hour, every day, a Mm -hmm. lot to just sort of be grateful and to be proud because I am making change. I am helping people to see past the label for my kid. I'm trying to change the world with you guys. And we are, and I don't know, I'm just, I'm really proud and I'm really broken. And so I just try and balance the two. Well, yeah. And we just have to learn to give ourselves grace. Sometimes I do this little strategy that it's like, okay, what would I say if somebody else said this to me? Like if it was like, if I was answering like one of you guys or or my sister or one of my kids, like the answer would be so different. The expectation would be so different. Mm-hmm. The grace would be so different when it's yourself. The answers are, no, you need to do more. You're not doing enough. You would never say that to somebody else. You wouldn't, and you wouldn't think that about somebody else, you know, 90% of the time anyways. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? So it's like, it's just, that's just like a little thing that every once in a while I'll be like, okay, if this was somebody else, how would I answer? It's really that mind that I'm so good at backwards. It's like when, because I'm the mom that carries much of the load, like Tabitha was just describing, I'm booking the services, I'm doing the things, I'm carrying this, I'm doing that. I mean, we've been asking for this one particular school classroom for two years, countless appointments, countless doctor's mentions, countless people agreeing with this. So as a person who's carrying this task, like get my kid into school, this particular school where I know she could be supported because of 55 freaking people recommending it, it's not happening is my doing in my head in like every failure comes back to me not following through or me not being enough to carry that goal or me not saying the right thing to the right person. Like it's just so twisted. So, I mean, it's hard to carry it all watch it fail, not accomplish. I mean, I'm getting better at doing my laundry. I don't go to bed with dirty dishes. Like I'm trying to take control of things that I can, but it's a head game. Absolutely. No doubt about it. I feel that with my whole heart. Every minute. Mm -hmm. Head game. Because if you listen close, you can hear like mother you're failing still every minute. (laughs) There's always a running list of 12, 13, 30 things that you could be doing. I mean, exactly. (laughs) I mean, there's always a running list, you know, of things in the background waiting to get done. And it's like, you feel like you do things at half mast. You know what I mean? Like, it's like you're everything. It's like keeping up with everything, the kids, the, the husband, the bills, the social media, the blog, the podcast, the your friends, your family, like it's spend time with the kids and work with the kids. It's just like, it's just so much that it's like, it almost feels like you can't fully do any of it. Well, and then like it's we said in the last episode, and you guys said earlier, it, you can't do anything worth a damn if you're a bitch because you're not sleeping either. 
Like I'm still, I was like, dang it. How long ago was this episode? Cause I still don't know how to do sleep. I still have not found a 24 nanny, you know, that 24 seven one that's supposed to roll up in an RV with the glitter in it. She hasn't come yet. <laughs> Show up. Jamie, one of the things that you said that I wrote down, cause I, you know, really liked was, and it's just simple, but you said a big thing is surrounding, you know, you surrounding yourself with women who are like you, who share your struggle and being real and honest. And I just think there's so much weight to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been thinking about that lately, how I really have, I mean, not completely cut people out of my life, but it's like, I just don't have room for people in my life whose identity is partly built around being better than other people or being competitive with other people or putting people in their place. I just literally do not have the capacity for it. And even now where I feel like I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm on social media a lot, but I'm not sitting on social media scrolling through like beautiful celebrities or beautiful models or anything like that. But even at this point in my life, I feel like I'm struggling a lot with like who I am and my self-esteem and just a lot of different things lately. And I think part of that kind of sucks because I'm not looking at that stuff. And I kind of was like, okay, well, maybe this is why. So maybe it's just me. Just kidding. But Mm -hmm. recently major things have happened um, to one of my siblings and really hard stuff. And And I feel awful because I feel like I don't even have that much capacity in me to like be there for her Mm. or to take on the mental weight for her. Not that I can do that, but, you know, I usually do that a lot for people. And like you were saying, Kim, about, you know, you're never doing anything all the way. It's like you're doing a little bit of everything. And that's how I've really felt like my house is never completely clean. Mm -hmm. Rachel's like, I never go to bed with dirty dishes. I know. Jen also does it, but I was just like, that's very recent. Just to own it. Recent. <laughs> it's like, I'm running around. I'm like, I'm touching this. I'm touching this. And, and just the other night I was having, you know, a, a Jamie night where I couldn't sleep. And then like, it's like, I get these moments of like clarity and I like look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, ugh, because like definitely what's been dropped in my life. And mostly because I haven't been doing it. Like I'm not going anywhere over the holidays. We didn't have like anything major, but like my appearance, I feel like mm-hmm. all of a sudden I feel like I've aged a ton and stuff. And I just look at myself and there's nothing I can do about it. And so I just am like super down on myself about that stuff. And it just sucks. I don't know. I was just listening back to this episode and I'm like, I, I feel like almost in a worse place than when we recorded that. And I'm like, that sucks. Cause you, you know, like I'm going to work on this. I'm going to grow. And it just fully hasn't happened. So I think really comparison overall is like sucks, but just in general, I feel like we are, I mean, we've talked about this in the last episode, like the whole idea of just being left behind and not only just with our kids, but like with myself, like, I feel like I'm about to turn 35. I really can't think of any friends that like, aren't doing Botox, aren't doing this and this and that. And I don't even know if I would want to do that stuff, but like, I can't, like, it's just, I'm not going to waste money on that when we need like services and this and this and that, or I don't know. And so I just feel like, oh, all these people are going to like not be aging and I'm going to be aging extra because I don't sleep and all You'll be sitting at this table. There's not a Botox or a filler in this mother. (laughs) And you are beautiful. I was just going to say that. I was also going to say that because, but I also don't want it to sound condescending because when you don't feel that way, like, but we always joke 
Jamie is the face of our podcast and those people <laughs> listening can't see her, but when she's like <laughs> having a bad hair day, I'm like, oh, shut the f up. I just spent three hours on this and look at you. So well, Jamie Ramos, we love you, is, friend. Is yeah. a correlation between how you feel and how you see yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You know? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Because what you're seeing is also coming from inside and not all and it's not all the outside stuff but like I feel like our minds can just like play tricks on us like that where like when you just don't feel good about yourself you know even if it's just in that moment you're just like that I feel like that reflects on the outside or you feel like it does we don't see it from over here but yeah well and you guys only see me through a computer screen so well you said that on another episode one time then we saw you in person and we hated you just a little bit more at that moment right yeah, look at, oh, oh, so I, I, was, I was gonna say I do understand that because there'll be like weeks where I don't even look at myself really look yeah. at myself in the mirror besides like brushing my teeth or like if I have a place to go then I'll check myself out but I'll catch myself huh? as I'm walking past a mirror yeah. and then I'm like when was the oh. last time I actually looked at my own face in the mirror like what is happening here <laughs> you know? so I this is kind of funny like my husband looks at himself a lot like not yeah. <laughs> yeah. like we were talking about that I was like there are days I go all day without looking at yeah. yeah like I just I just don't think and I always know it's bad when like I do look at myself and I'm like man the unibrow is there <laughs> I haven't even like I just haven't and like I'm grooming myself but yeah. like I'm not like there's no time for plucking there's no you know like you're lucky if I'm shaving my leg honey when you're that pretty you say tweezing you pluck a damn chicken <laughs> <laughs> and I also just feel like in such like me and my husband recently had a fight which I think has kind of get out earlier than I just talked around it but like just about like the balance of our home which I think is always like you know I love mm-hmm. Michelle Obama talks about this it's never 50 50 and so and he's been doing a lot of like the home stuff because I overstretched myself over volunteered nothing new all things you guys know about me but I'm just such in a fragile place that like you criticize one thing about me and it's like like yeah we're already thinking about ourselves so like somebody else says it and it's like yeah (laughs) like I'm already trying to overcompensate for all my secure insecurities so Mm -hmm. when you find out that I'm not doing enough there's a time and a place Isaac a time and a place (laughs) well and I think this goes to like the like that inner because what you said, Rachel, is that I have a lot of people coming at me asking me questions, but I too have that inner dialogue that's running streaming every 30 minutes about how terrible of a person I am. And it's a a lifetime of experience to try and beat that. I feel that so deeply. Like there there comes a point when somebody has said like, oh, hey, she should go to Pancalo school. And you're like, I will kill like because every single day I'm carrying that that same thing am I going to be an attorney am I going to volunteer or be home to handle the things tonight am I going to get her into school am I going to like there's just so many things that you're repeating that are also almost worse when you feel like you're doing everything and then someone criticizes that and then you're like or they mention like oh well what have you been doing and you're like what oh and yeah, and like, so, and then I get, I, I get my Jamie voice of like, what do you think I've been doing? Oh, your angry voice gets cute at the end. What do you think? That's my psycho voice. Or you've exhausted all, all avenues of something. And then they, they flippantly offer a suggestion. It's like, you don't think I tried that in the first oh. two lines? Yeah. Like, I'll send you a link, Jen. You just, 
<laughs> going your way. Yeah, that really pisses me off. Lucky is a uh, Isaac's uh, lucky to be alive right now, listeners. But it's not even happens. like <laughs> somebody has to be critical. They could just say, "How's it going?" Or like, I mean, any. St- my my husband wants me to just say this because I do listen. I mean, I'm. I, he doesn't want me to say this. He didn't tell me to say this, but. I want to show him that I'm listening. There it is. I know that it's not often like he comes home and throws daggers. Hey, did you talk to the doctor today? Hey, how's the thing going? Hey, what are we having for dinner? Hey, blah, blah, blah. And he's like compounding my own inner dialogue. Like it's going through some sort of compactor. And really, he's just trying to connect with me about my day. (laughs) Like he's trying to do that. How's, How's work today to me? And I just want to tear his arm off. I mean, it's like, because I've already been feeling it all of those things for people. Mm-hmm. And I will say in my husband's defense, when he, like when we, it's because he feels the same because he's feeling a feeling, he's carrying a different burden and weight. Yeah. Like financially for this family, like he's 99.9% on his own with that because like, I don't bring in, I bring in very little income. So I get that, but it's just like, but my, but Rach, that reminded me because you know, my, my husband's always like a team leader. Like that's his role or he's a supervisor manager. That's always his role at work. So he's very like, okay, let's make lists. So sometimes he'll come up and be like, okay, what's your plans for today? And I'm like, none of your business, sir. Don't like manage me, asshole. <laughs> he's coming from like a genuine place, but I'm like, mm, I don't work no, for you. So. Hard pass, hard pass. <laughs> I'm not going to take two positives and a negative, like a, what's that compliment sandwich? Yeah. yeah. Either. how about you Kimmy how how was this one of the things that stuck out that I had said was I feel like we're expected to be so strong and and we are strong we do become strong especially living this life you just you you do have to dig into that inner strength and I had said it's like you're afraid to show the chips in your armor because it feels like when you do everything will just crumble and I have taken on the role way before even Alyssa in my family, with my siblings, with friends, with Neil's family, where I would always be this person who would like do all these things. And I was very mentally strong at that time. And then I feel like as the years have gone by, like that has chipped away because I can't even be that for myself sometimes, never mind being that for other people. But yet I have three adult children. I mean, two of them rely heavily on me still. I mean, besides Alyssa, obviously Alyssa relies on me and she, I still need to take care of her and be all the things for her. That obviously goes without saying, but you know, even though my kids are getting older, they're 18 and 20, they still rely on me a lot. My sister relies on me a lot. Neil relies on me a lot. And it's kind of like Jamie's situation where he's the main provider. Obviously I do work as well, but he works sometimes two, sometimes three jobs. He also cooks dinner. I do not cook. He for food shops, do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But then I do all the other things. Like I figure out the bills. I make the appointments. I, you know, make any phone calls that need to be made at any time. I'm the one who does all the online stuff of, you know, getting into accounts. And, and some of these things are very minor, but when those things are always on your shoulder all the time, and yeah. then it's like, well, why didn't you pay this? Like, why didn't you do this? And it's like, why didn't you? Like, you could do this. Really, it's not that hard. Like, you could do it. But it's like, that's what my job kind of has always been, which I've always been fine to take it on. But it's like, it just becomes just such a big load sometimes, you know? And I feel like I'm not as strong as I was before. 
because I feel like from taking all this on for so many years, like, and then sometimes I am like, sometimes I can be that person for other people, but like, there's other times that I, I can't. And like, I've noticed myself just pulling back and obviously not with my children. Obviously I'll be that, always be that person for them, but it's just, I don't know, even my job, it's just like so mentally hard sometimes, like dealing with parents, dealing with, you know, I have the owner, the, the staff that sometimes it's like, um, and then all, all the children everywhere, it's just like, it just feels like it's never ending. It just feels like you're just on that constant merry-go-round and some days it feels like it's never going to stop. But then when it stops, I'm like, well, what do I do now? now now I'm lost because the merry-go-round has stopped and now I'm just wandering around the house you know trying to not think about things or whatever it's funny because so this episode was last February and at that time Kira was still at home now she lives at college Lexi was still in high school now she's graduated my mom has passed away in that time so there's really been so many things that have changed in obviously having a child out of the house that's a big adjustment I mean it's going to be even a big adjustment because Alyssa doesn't seem to want her back in here when she comes back so <laughs> that's a navigate yeah it's just I mean I'm fortunate both of my kids work at the daycare that I run so like I do get to see them throughout the week but um I don't know there's just all these adjustments that you're making so I've been go 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 for as long as I can remember and now like even though I still feel like mentally I'm like that not as much physically and and then sometimes it's like I don't know it's like I just it's weird it's like some weekends I'm like oh I have nothing to do which is nice it's nice to be able to group and I'm not complaining because that one time it you know that my life never stopped for one second but it's just like a weird thing to adjust to I guess you know when I was listening back to this episode I think with these feelings and like this internal dialogue and giving ourselves grace and all that stuff. We're human beings. Everyone Mm -hmm. makes mistakes. Everyone makes bad choices. Everyone has to walk the line of things that are emotionally hard or your life is always maneuvering. You hit these milestones of age or your kid's age or whatever it is. And I think we forget that other people feel this way too. As women, I think we forget that mothering, being a wife, having relationships, working, not working, all of that stuff is hard for a lot of people. And especially as you're transitioning from these stages of your kids. And the reason it's hard to give yourself grace is because you can't see that from the outside, you know, exactly. You can't see what other people see about you. Sometimes that's completely shut off. And I know for me personally, it's hard for me to see anything that anyone else sees a lot of the time and which is why you know I try so hard to like hit these accomplishments and milestones and why when I can't have these lists or have these accomplishments I feel my self-worth deteriorate you know so it's a strange like trying to love yourself in a place where there's not a reflection I guess you can't see you like thinking about looking at yourself in the mirror, there's no reflection of who you are to yourself in those moments because the capacity for that is gone. It's, it's kind of wasted away and finding that again, even if it's people telling you things like you're beautiful, which Jamie Ramos, you are a natural stunner, by the way. Um, (laughs) I have pictures to prove it. I edited them. (laughs) And when I said, we hate you, we love you. Sorry, Tabs, go ahead. (laughs) We do. And we love your face too. Um, face. your face but it is hard to like 
internalize those things, I guess, when people think certain things about you, but you don't feel that way about yourself. You know, well, it's it really just is. like looking in the mirror, like you yeah. see the imperfections, right? You see, yeah. oh, the bags under my eyes. I am seeing, you know, oh, now I'm starting to get wrinkles here and I don't like this over here. And it's not what other people see when they look at me. So, or it's not the first thing they see. They have to really look to see those things I'm just kidding but it's like the same thing with your inner qualities it's like you're not thinking oh well like Jamie with your sibling like I totally get that because it's like you're so maxed out with your own stuff that it's like you you only have so much more to give and it's like but you don't see all the things we see all the things you do like you're a great mom you're a great aunt you're a great daughter you're involved in the church you're a great wife you're the only great editor you're a great friend like you're not seeing all these things when you look at yourself you see the imperfections like you physically see you also I feel like we feel the imperfections that are on the inside we don't necessarily mm. we're not necessarily like well I'm a great person <laughs> like you know it's just I don't know why it's like that but it's just kind of I feel like what stands out the most perceived failures our own perceived failures yeah instead of all the things that you are doing that you are accomplishing that and I I said this the other day after we had our interview with Temple Grandin to my best friend I'm like I feel like I'm doing nothing but that kind of sparked this thing where there there are things happening there are things going on and we are doing things every day that are being put out into the world and we are trying to have friendships and find ourselves and be good moms and all this stuff the marker needs to come down I think on success I think the value too needs to go up the value of the job we're doing is huge like Jamie said I mean it really is and we've had lots of people that have talked about this that like the caregiver, the the mom, the therapist, like all of these positions need to be elevated in our view mm-hmm. so that it can feel like a lateral choice from my career path to this. Then like these child rearing years may last till five for a typical parent and maybe till 65 for us. But <laughs> like, it's important. It's important damn work. And it's a lot. And, you know, to our listeners, if you're still with us, like an hour in, you should know that we see you and we see that you are an extraordinary mom. If you're listening to this podcast, it's because you care and you want to learn and all these things. Like you're an extraordinary mom. You're a great therapist. You're a great driver to therapist. You're a great booker of therapists. You're good. All the stuff. I mean, it's just important to say. Absolutely. You have to be kind to yourself. Try at least. Give so so much grace (laughs) to everybody else, but we need to also learn to give grace to ourselves, which, you know, sometimes it's easier to do than other times. That's kind of I feel like what it comes down to if you're feeling really bad turn on some Mariah Carey super loud and crack the window in your car that seems to work early album <laughs> an early yeah. Mariah Carey album <laughs> she'll make you feel your spirit again <laughs> well so if, if you want to check out the original episode it's series nine episode three and it's love the woman you are and not the woman you I don't know what it is. I are supposed to be the episode. And I, don't even know. I don't even know the name. People. Loving the woman you are, not the woman you were supposed to be. Um, nailed it, Kimmy. You nailed it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Have, and a, great listen next Have week. a great night, everyone. Oh, wait, our next, next episode. Boop, boop. Temple Grandin. No. Isn't that going to be the next? Yep. No, I'm being sarcastic. Well, can I have some fucking
thrill and excitement with me. I started saying it and then you started. That's what I said. I go, Sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, Temple Grandin. She's a gem. Yeah. An Amazing. Gem. Thanks, See everyone. Bye. 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 Thank you for sitting at the table for this episode of the Table for Five No Reservations podcast. To learn more, please read the description of this episode. In there, you can also find where to sign up for our newsletter and how to become a supporter. Join us next week for more. And while you wait, check out our content on Facebook and Instagram. If you are enjoying the podcast, please make sure to subscribe and rate and review us wherever you listen. To contact us, you can email us at tableforfivepodcasts at gmail.com. We can't wait to sit with you again. Bye.